0: Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly.
1: Welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Lisk. Chris and I are uh, breaking down week five and at the same time probably talking a little bit about uh, what's coming ahead and maybe a lot of yang. Who knows? Uh, as always, our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Chris, thank you again for jumping on with us. Uh, I know you and I both kind of had an eh week. Uh, you had a good fantasy week, but we both lost a lot of entries in Survivor using the Chiefs. In cases where we didn't have the Eagles and Pats, uh, and the spread picking wasn't good either.
2: Yeah, it was. It, we're not breaking down week five. Week five breaking down us. Yes. So we had Russia. They play you. All right. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was a miserable experience watching. And then, of course, just two afternoon games, which I was on the wrong side of both. And I knew I was on the wrong side of both, but per my process, my extremely unsuccessful process, which I had to stick to, um, I was on the chargers and the Cowboys who were down 17, nothing immediately. And I actually took like a 10 minute break and just went in the other room (laughs) and just kind of sat there for a bit. Uh, not, you know, not watching, not online, just (laughs) like, I gotta take a break. I can't take this anymore. Then I went back in and watched the end of it. Um, I don't know, you know, I think the takeaways for me were more about just some of the individual players that you see like DJ Chark having like a legit breakout. It's yeah. not a, it's not a flash in the pan. It looks like this is a, a real thing. And then you can sort of the on the opposite side, like Sammy Watkins week one is it's just Sammy Watkins. It's like, he can't stay healthy and it's not sustainable. So you're starting to see a little bit more of, you know, which, which, you know, which good performances are being built on and which ones are just kind of flukes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Let's go back. I want to go back to the comment you made about the process. Uh, I think, you know, there's a, there's a chance that we can get wedded or dogmatic to a process that is, we find helpful. We do guess the lines. I find it to be very helpful. Makes me think about the the matchups, especially because we do it. And then I do my rankings after that. It makes me start to think, okay, what sort of game is this going to be? What sort of things are we looking for? Um, And I think it's helped me. However, if you feel bad about making a pick, if you feel if like, oh, OK, well, I don't want to do this, you know, sometimes you got to listen to that, too. I mean, common sense can overrule at times, right?
2: No, I don't think so, because I did it last year a bunch of times and I really co- I had a good year last year, but I cost myself probably four games. until I just stopped doing it. And I think that the problem is, is that the whole reason for this process, at least for me, is in the process that we're talking about is to guess not guess, but actually, well, I also guess them, but I make my own line. I try to pick a line that I would have a lot of trouble picking which side. So, like, you know, if the Broncos are playing the Chargers, I want to choose a line that I'd be really conflicted over which team to take. You know, basically yeah. my line. That's the point of the line is so that, you know, it sort of equalizes both sides. And then, you know, you compare it to the real line after you look that up and then you say, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really different than the market. And the reason why. I do the process at all, is because once you see the market number, and you know the market number has so much value, um, even Rufus Peabody, who's betting you know lots and lots of money on his picks, um, regresses his own numbers 55% of the way toward the market number, basically more than halfway back to the market number. That's how valuable and powerful and how much information is contained in that market number and in the actual real line. So once you see that line, you can't unsee it. So it's really hard to look at like, you know, the Cowboys against the Packers and the Cowboys are three and a half point favorites and then come up with your line after seeing it. It's just very hard. You could say, Oh, that sounded low. I I didn't expect it, but then you get two reactions. One reaction is maybe I think it should be higher. But then the other reaction is, Ooh, if I'm so surprised, what am I missing? Because the line is smarter than you. Yeah. So you're, you know, so you, you basically you're lost. You can't make a pick afterwards. You're just guessing because you've seen the line. Now you're ruined your own observational, um, skills are now completely sidelined because you've seen what, what the, the oracle has spoken. But before you see that, you're free to really tap into your own <coughs> observations and own personal analysis of the situation. And so that's the whole point of the method. So if I'm just switching it, cause after I see the line, I'm like, Oh no, that that's right. That's the You know, I am wrong. <coughs> Then then, you know, how do I ever hold my ground in the face of the actual line? The whole point of this is to hold my ground to make my to make my picks based on my personal observations.
1: I hear you. I hear you. I, it's, it's a good point. I I don't know. I just the, the example I come up with is like immediately after we did that process with Jets Eagles last week. I'm like, "Ugh, I hate that. I'm so far off from the line. And maybe it's just that it's really with these really 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 bad teams that I'm I'm more on more acutely feeling that pinch, like yeah I really don't want to be on this side I hate being on this side Redskins and and Jets both uh, that you know I, I and maybe it, it's we're just I'm caught up in the moment maybe I just you know you know it's there's this huge recency bias but I can I feel like I'm almost consistently underestimating how bad the super bad teams
2: are. But it's also a pretty small sample, right? It's been like six or seven of these double digit spreads and (laughs) they've all gotten killed. And, you know, the first halves have been competitive. The dolphins and and cowboys, the dolphins and chargers are competitive. The Patriots and Redskins wasn't actually competitive, but the score is reasonably close for -hmm. the first half. And then they just get killed in the second half. And we think, ugh, so stupid, right? And then we think, oh, well, maybe this time is different. This is a, a new era where 15 points on the road is – that's no big deal for a good team against a bad team. But it used to be 15 points at home was the best team in the league versus the worst team in the league. And that was that. Yeah. And so now you know, that's a road line, and the home lines can be 20-plus. And you're thinking, okay, well – who cares how big it is? Well, no, there's a point at which it's too big. Right. I mean, if yeah. if the, one of the lines with Dallas and the Dolphins is like 22 points, it's like, well, what do you think the line should be? Well, I think it should be 28. Well, they still would have covered. You would, if you took them plus 28, you'd still be like, ah, why am I taking the Dolphins plus 28? Well, I would just say the 28 is probably too much, even if it's wrong. So you're not really predicting the specific outcome in those crazy big point spread lines. You're mostly just saying, what's the baseline value of these two teams? Am I getting enough value? Yeah. And I think if we start switching and taking the favorites, um, I don't think that's the way to go. I think you make the line. And what do you think the baseline value should be in the current context?
1: I guess what I'm getting at too, is that our paradigm is of what the baseline value should be, is we're not quite reacting quite quite enough that maybe we're in an era where the bad teams are just they are tanking more, uh, at least with Miami, I feel that way. Maybe not so with uh, I, I kind of think with the Redskins too, uh, a little bit that way, uh, that, that although then again, you saw how they played in week one against the Eagles, and they certainly weren't like that. I, I, I see the delusional comments from Bruce Allen after they fired Jay Gruden day saying, like, all oh, the pieces are here for a winning culture and all that. It, were just we're just not winning. Uh, no, come
2: on. I mean, I mean it's garbage. But, you know, look it's, at that roster. But look, look, but look at, the, at the, the wide receivers. look I, at the know, offensive but, line. Well, no, I mean, uh, Terry McLaurin looks like a great pick and the offensive line is missing a key guy that they have a contract issue with their best one. But think, look at the Raiders roster after Antonio Brown left. I mean, that was like a joke. Look at
1: the the receiving core going into the game against the Bears. No Terrell Williams either. And
2: that didn't seem to stop them. So it's a good point. Right. So, I mean, you know, we can look at the Raiders and say the same thing, but the Raiders are winning with those players. Right. And so you know, the NFL, like these guys, you don't know, these no name scrubs that were like, God, who are these receivers? They're terrible. If you played football, with these guys in the park, you'd be like, this is the greatest athlete I've ever seen. I can't believe how good this guy is. So, and not only that, but they're being coached 24 seven and working out and practicing routes and working with the QBs and getting instruction from position coaches. I mean, this is, you know, so the, the idea that like, You know, we can't win if Belichick switched rosters with the Redskins. I mean, I don't think they make the playoffs, but they probably win four games by the end of the year. And then next year they probably win nine or 10, you know? So it's not just personnel. It's just, there's obviously cultural issues with some of these places, but you know, if you're the Dolphins and you trade away some of your you know marketable players to get picks, which is obviously what you should do. And then of course, there's going to be a drop off at those positions. Minka Fitzpatrick's replacement's probably not as good as him. Laramie Tunzel's replacement's probably not as good as him. Kenny Still's replacement you know, is probably not as good as him. But within four weeks you get those guys up to speed. And if you're a real organization with a real culture and a real, real real coach and a real culture, you know you're still a real NFL team. And, and so I you know the idea that, oh well, let's just keep taking the favorites. You know, I, I think it's dangerous that in 2007, the Patriots were like 20 point plus favorites and they covered the first eight or nine weeks. And I was fading them every week saying this is going to regress. And I lo- kept losing and in the last seven weeks. I think they covered like once.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. I think the other takeaway is maybe one Gruden's better than the other. No, I, I don't know. I just uh, Jay Gruden can win. Uh, can't win. But, uh, you know, I know I, I I still think he's it's an, he's emancipated here. And uh, that's just such a disastrous franchise that I think, they're, you know, just getting let go by Daniel Snyder is a gift and I think he'll get hooked up with a better team and we'll see what, what sort of coach he is. May not be a head coach. That's the problem. It's hard to get a, get a good head coaching job. It's really well, the hard.
2: Jets will probably have a vacancy reasonably soon. <laughs> I think that you're enjoying that one too much. Oh, I love that. Gaines is so funny too, but I mean, it's tough. They've been playing some really good teams most weeks, you know, it's like they just have, one juggernaut after another. And then I think they're – who are they playing this week? Another tough team. It's like really, a really uh, – they got another tough game this week. I, I wrote them down, but I forget. Um, so, you know, he's, he's had Darnold go down and then – but it's not just that. It's just like besides the Bills game, which they choked away, they just haven't really shown a pulse at all. You know, they're, they're not competitive in these games. That's right.
1: That's right. They – well, especially – I think their defense showed a lot of heart early. And then, like, it's just, like, uh, enough already. You know, the offense is yeah, so they play, impotent. They,
2: they, host the, they, they host the Cowboys this week, so they get another tough game. They're just getting killed. And, yeah, I mean, look at the Broncos were 0-4, but they were, oh, they were like a respectable 0-4 before they beat the Chargers. You know, they didn't go down easily. They bit, probably should have beat the Bears. The Raiders game was close. You know, they weren't getting destroyed. And the Jacksonville game was obviously very close. So. Right. You know, that that's not the Jets or the Redskins or the Dolphins right now.
1: Yeah. New England gets another patsy, too. They get to face the Giants on Thursday night. So
2: that's that's they've uh, had this sweet be. early schedule, too. Yeah, it's it's that's an easy matchup for them at home. But it's not like they're playing the Bengals. You know, they, no, it, it's, it's like not. It's not. But uh, anyways, like neutral field, neutral field. What Giants, Bengals plus three at Giants. I mean, not at Giants on neutral field. Bengals plus three versus Giants plus two and a half.
1: Something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll concede that you guys are a better position than we are. Uh, yeah, I hate I hate to even use we. I, I'm I just can't stand can't stand the ownership. Can't stand it every year that it's just the lack of investment in the off season. I, I've ranted enough about that. I don't want to go into that anymore. In fact, you know my, my sourness is going to lead to a read. Sorry, side boss. Here it comes. Hey, football fans! Week six of the NFL season is almost here, and lucky for you, side boss has got you covered. If you missed entering the Sideboss Pro Pick'em Contest, it's not too late to join Week 6 and be eligible to win weekly and quarterly prizes throughout the season. In addition to our Pro Pick'em Contest, where players choose five games against the spread each week, Sideboss is currently offering prop bets for quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Play any Sideboss weekly or daily free-to-play games, get all the picks correct, and boom! Win cash and an entry into the Sideboss $150,000 private NFL against the spread contest. Go to contest.sideboss.com. Use promo code Rotowire. I think you said you're three
2: and ten against the spread this week. I'm six and seven, and that's only four, because four and no, no, no. Jeff, please, four and ten, 4 and, and ten. It's fourteen games. There's fourteen games so far, pending Monday night. Okay, then I'm might be seven and seven. Then I I, I finished
1: strong. I had I had Packers, Broncos, and Colts. I know that. Uh, I'll have to re. I, I, yeah, you, you know what? It's I, I calculated at one point, and there was still the overtime game left, and we got that right with the Steelers, even though they lost the game. It was three and a half, so that worked out okay for us. Yeah. Well, I'm happy for your seven and seven, Jeff. Yeah, I know you are. I know you are. Yeah, I can tell. It's palpable. You're always happy. You're yep. you, you are one that cheer on other successes publicly a lot, even privately too. But you know, I see you on Twitter touting up other people's successes, and uh, that's definitely your style.
2: Yeah, it's just so funny because, A, there's really good reasons not to do that on Twitter. One is, I mean, it's not good content for your followers typically, Mm -hmm. so it's like no one wants to read that. But two, and I do think you should congratulate people privately via email or DM if you want, if they've achieved something. I actually think uh, winning a, a tough fantasy league is an achievement. It's not like getting an award. Congratulations on your award. Come on, man. Right. It's just somebody just gave that to you. You didn't earn anything. It's just somebody's opinion. But if you win a league, you've actually earned something. So actually, I do think that, um, you know, you don't have to congratulate the guy, but it is actually an achievement to win a hard league or to do really well in the overall, but uh, never do it publicly because, you know, when the next person that you know does well in something that you miss, they're going to be like, ah, Erickson, c- congratulate all these people and not me it's that guy's problem. He doesn't like me. Right, you know, right. It's just, just never wish people happy birthday or always do it via email, via private, never do it in public because you, you get in this thing where you're just like the happy birthday machine. Your whole feed is happy birthday <laughs> or congratulations. You don't want to be that and at the same time. Otherwise, or you're going to be leaving people out. So just always private. No one knows who you congratulated. You congratulate who you feel you want to congratulate, man. Keep that off the social media. That's just my recommendation. I mean, you know, whatever you can do what you want, but I don't do it for sure. Yeah. Well, you don't want to
1: like, be that guy that looks like, oh, I'm virtuous. I'm, I'm – you know,
2: I get it. I get it. I'm a it. nice guy. Yeah, I yeah. know. I'm a nice guy. Yeah, exactly. That no, said, I that, did – contra-
1: just- I'm the opposite though. I d- actually did congratulate all the people in my various leagues on Twitter. So I, I guess congratulated
2: I'm guy. one guy who was – I, I congratulated one guy, this guy, Eric Galing, who won my main event in New York. League, And I was pissed because I was ahead of him in the, yep. in the overall – um, and cause my team totally shut it down the last week, but you know what? He earned it. He, he had a good team. He, you know, isn't, doesn't do this as his job. Um, he put down his 1700 bucks like everybody else, uh, in New York and he won the league and, you know, and, and I knew the dude was excited about it and he's a nice guy and, um, and he deserved the, I felt like that was a guy, you know, I congratulate, I didn't congratulate pretty much anybody else though.
1: <laughs> that was, him. yeah. You had fewer people to congratulate too. Um, Fewer leagues, at least. uh,
2: Yeah, fewer leagues. Um, I did give Don Del Don, who I rarely say anything nice about, uh, congratulations for winning our League of Leagues. Got me a couple hundred bucks, our baseball, for baseball, so that was good.
1: Nice. That's good. Um, All right. Let's go back to substantive matters, at least barely substantive matters, at least. Uh, NFL, uh, so it was very chalky this week. And a lot of people that were expected to do well did well, like Aaron Jones. McCaffrey had another monster game. Will, you know, the, you know, maybe not Will Fuller. I wouldn't say, I mean, he was chalky. Well, in Fuller DFS. had the chalky matchup, he just, you right. know, no one knew how many targets he was going to get. Right. And, you know, I, I, Deshaun Watson, everybody knew was going to have a good game. Uh, you know,
2: go you use your guys against, against Atlanta. Sean Watson. You What's should that? have traded for me. You should have traded Michelle for Sean Watson, Deshaun Watson, in that uh, in the stake league. Yeah, he had like I forty-one have. points. You yeah. should have done that, Jeff. I should have. Although Michelle Michelle had a good game too. Finally, uh, it was
1: about time. Of he although, did. Yeah, we'll see with, whether that carries over to future weeks. He even caught three passes. That
2: was the amazing part. Yeah. Um, you still offer that trade today, or is it off the table now? I'd have to think. Of it. It's definitely off. The, it's not. You know that offer two weeks later has been retracted. But I, I, I would consider reoffering it. But I'm not uh I have to th- I'd have to look it over. I'd have to think about okay, it. Okay. Fair. That's fair enough. Uh I Melvin Gordon
1: did not do a whole lot. Uh you know, he you know, he, he didn't do much at all. Uh struggled uh you know, they got, gave him like fifteen touches. And he had like forty one yards, I wanna say. Uh and almost it seemed like they were forcing him back into action a little bit there.
2: Yeah, I just think they got dominated by Denver. They didn't sustain drives and Eckler is the better, uh, pass catcher. And, but I mean, Eckler didn't. he caught 15 passes, but they were five yards apiece. I mean, they were worthless mm-hmm. pass plays, you know, when you, when you leading receivers got 15 five yard catches, you're not going to win the game. And so there just wasn't, you know, there wasn't any of that rhythm to the offense and goal and no red zone tries really. So, um, I think Gordon will be fine. I just think they kind of got, they, they got him active in a bad spot basically. Yeah, and
1: you know Denver jumped them early. You know Lindsey had a couple of big plays early on. Cortland Sutton had that big touchdown. Sutton's got is having a nice, really quietly having a really nice year.
2: Yeah, he's pretty good, and Flacco doesn't look that terrible. It's uh, you know there's I you know I read about this a couple of weeks ago. I, I didn't really realize it in the offseason, but Mike Munchak, the Steelers' offensive line coach, is now the Broncos' offensive line coach, and. It's, it took them a couple of weeks to get going, but Lindsay's been really good the last couple two out of the last three weeks and he's running through big holes and he's very quick to hit the hole and he's fast. And the Denver looks like, you know, they're one and four, but they look like they're a eight and eight type of team. Like they're, they're not a, they're not a doormat at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree. I agree. Well, I mean, they had leads with under two minutes in two of their four losses. I mean, and both of those were fe- those losses were fueled by controversial roughing the passer calls.
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. They could easily be three and two.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, w- yeah, you know, the, the chiefs all of a sudden are now showing some, uh, vulnerabilities here. Their offense looked very pedestrian last night. Uh, Mahomes is going to get treatment on his ankle all week. They may not have his left tackle his left guard or two of his top receivers. We'll see if Tyree Hill comes back. I think he's supposed, he's supposed to come to back
2: Practice this week. Yeah. I think he'll be back this week.
1: Yeah. They face Houston. So this is a kind of a pretty big game too.
2: Uh, this could be a great game. I hope, I hope Mahomes is healthy because this could just be, you know, insane. It could be back and forth, up and down the field. But, yeah, they need that offensive line. I mean, the way they played last week, that was such a dud. I mean, it was just – it wasn't fun to watch. I mean, Mahomes had no time. Yeah, I, mean, I can't believe – it was a home game where he's being just completely under attack. You never saw that last year. Yeah, you, there was the Seattle
1: game where he was under attack a decent amount uh, and the Pats game in the playoffs. Those were the two. but. And if you if you couldn't, you know, it wasn't mobile enough to escape that, then that's going to be a big problem. So I I get it there. Um, So that that was. Yeah. And and if you can't block and thing is, last year, even with Damian, you know, with Damian Williams, they had a semblance of a running game. And in fact, in the playoffs, Williams was huge. But they didn't even try to run in the first half, and then they tried a little bit. You know, McCoy lost that fumble on the screen; that was bad. Oh, um, that was bad! That was bad. That was a big play in that game because they were already they were driving in that game. A lot of things that uh, you know that just messed things up. It was just sometimes a game just goes wrong too. You know what? I mean, the Pats lost to some bad teams last year. Yet, they, <laughs> at the end of the and at the end of the day, they were st- they were the best team in football at the end of the year, and that happens. I mean. Especially, it's it, it feels like a short season, but it's kind of a grind of a season. We just have fewer games, so it feels shorter than it
2: is. But you know, a lot can change. All right, let me ask you this: How many teams would you need to take to give me the field to win the Super Bowl right now? Oh, you're just uh, versus the Pats? No, no. How oh, okay, teams? okay. How many teams? You know.
1: Oh, how many teams would I have to take or would you, t- would you get to
2: take? Well, how, what, where would you draw the line? I mean, like, would you take four teams? You could take the Pats, Chiefs, Saints, and, Eagle, you know, Eagles or Packers or whatever. How many teams would you need to pick? Well, I think one of the questions is which exact NF-
1: NFC teams are you going to take because I'm not well, quite be, sure.
2: That's part that's, of it that might make you need more. Like, let's say we had to do a bet and one of us had to pick – how many the other person gets, and then one one person picks the number, then the other person picks who gets the field and who gets the teams
1: yeah um
2: i yeah I mean I think pats and cheese
1: for sure uh, I might need. Like three or
2: four NFC teams. I mean, it's just that uncertain. That's the problem. Well, no, you, but it's, no, you can't be certain. I mean, you have to. You're supposed to get like fifty-five, forty-five. You know, you right? No, to I understand. But I, I'm just saying, there's. I think there, there's no that there are too many good candidates in the NFC. I would take five teams. I would take five teams over the field. Four though, I would be a tough call. I think I would. Yeah. I, three, I would definitely take the field. If you, were no, only three, I would. De- definitely take the field. Four, I think, is it's like four and a half, four and a quarter is the number. So, like, I would take obviously Pats and Chiefs, I think, are just really the only two. I mean, you know, the Browns can make a run and, you know, show something. And maybe the, I can't even think of who else in the AFC, you know, maybe the Colts or somebody could, could show something. But in the NFC, you just have to pick a couple of teams. It'd be kind of random. You could pick, you know, the Saints or the Cowboys or the Rams or Seattle or whatever. But, you know, you'd pick a couple.
1: I mean, you could literally take like six NFC teams right now—seven: Eagles, Cowboys, Packers, Bears, maybe even the vikings are you know, probably not the Lions, but the yeah. Lions actually have a better record. The Saints, the Panthers—all of a sudden are three and two. The Niners are undefeated. The Seahawks are four and one. Yeah. The Rams were in the yeah. Super
2: Bowl last year. Yeah, it's basically the teams you can't take. You can't take the Cardinals, Giants, Redskins. Yeah. I mean, the Bucks I wouldn't take, but like they're not you couldn't take the Falcons right now. Yeah. That's about it.
1: Yeah. I mean the Falcons, how bad are they?
2: Well, I mean, you don't run, you don't play defense. You know, and and your quarterback throws fifty times a game, but it's not that efficient. It's like seven and a half YP. He's not bad, but he's not light you know, he's getting a lot of stats, but he's he's doing it on a ton of volume, so they're just a bad team. Yeah, they were widely perceived to be a good team at the start of the season
1: though. It's the funny thing. Uh they just they, they look really awful. They've had I mean they they they're a missed, you know, crackback block call on the Julio Jones touchdown from being winless right now.
2: Yep. Or some drops by the Eagles too. I mean Right, yeah, the Nelson Aguilar drop. drop. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh the yeah, I mean it's interesting people, you know, there's all the metric stuff like, "Oh, well, passing is better than running or you can't, you know, it's important. They're making fun of Bill O'Callaghan for saying, or Bill Callahan for saying, you know, we, we need to run the ball more, but I mean, whatever he's Redskins coach. I mean, it's yeah. hopeless anyway, but I think that, I think the problem isn't like, it doesn't really matter what's better to do on average. I think it's pretty obvious that passing on average is the more important factor. I think that's clear. Yeah. But the thing to do on average is kind of irrelevant, right? It's like, you know, Nassim Taleb, he says, don't cross a river that's on average four feet deep because, right. you know, the average is four feet, but it might be one foot for like, you know, 500 meters. And then well, you can tell them in Europe, 500 meters. And then, you know, it might be 20 feet, you know, and then you, you drown. So it's like, um, it's the same thing. It's like on average, it's better to be able to pass, but it's all context, right? Like if you're the 2000 Ravens, be able to run the ball and play defense and you know, and, and that be a good uh, offensive line to win a Super Bowl that way. You know, it just depends on the context and like, you can't just be a passing team with no defense and no running game. You know, it's like you need to be able to stop other teams. You need to be able to run clock and keep teams off the field. You need to be able to do those. You know, a lot of times it, there's just things because of the finite amount of possessions in a game. Like there's times where you're driving at midfield with three minutes left in the half. And like, you, you want to, you want to close it out you know you want you don't want the other team to get the ball back i mean you have to be able to do different things situationally and so i just think like the the falcons are just on paper they're good but they they just don't have any options you know they they're they're just they're really just so one dimensional
1: yeah they they really are um and yeah i, I you know you got to have you don't have to have perfect balance but you have to have the veneer of balance you have to ha- at least and that's like with the Vikings, you know, they had to be able to throw the ball some, and they did against your giants, you know, cousins actually threw for 300 yards in that game. Uh, Thielen, cousins is bad though. Cousins he isn't is very bad. good I was watching all. that
2: game. The yeah. giants pass rush. I mean, they got screwed on some BS roughing calls or some other. I can't remember the crap hands to the face nonsense, but, um, there's one play and they took away the sack and it would have been a big change in the game. But cousins goes back and like, it's like a third down something. And, you could see like he's looking and it's not there yet. And most of the, most of the time, like Thielen was getting open. They couldn't guard him and Thielen was very good, but you could see that, you know, his first read was probably Thielen or Diggs were covered. And then the rush starts to break, you know, the containment and cousins is looking around and you know, he's dead. He's got nothing. There's yeah. no improvisation. There's no Pat Mahomes, no Aaron Rodgers, not even close. No Russell Wilson. It's like, uh Oh, the reads aren't there. I'm dead you know, like just panicked and you could see it and they got him. And then there was some BS penalty that negated it, but you just, he just, he's not good. I mean, you, you have to be able to, okay, this isn't there. This isn't there. What do I do? You can't just be Eli Manning in the pocket.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How appropriate when they're there. Uh, Diggs, I mean, not Diggs, uh, cook caught a lot more passes. Uh, you know, he's always, he's always been good, but they really threw to him a lot yesterday.
2: He was good. I mean, the Bears shut him down he's just really fast and agile. He and Thielen just, they they had just no answer for them. Those guys were just too good. Both of them. I, there's only two good offensive players on that team, but they're both very good. Indeed. Uh, before we uh, continue uh, talking anymore about week
1: five, a quick note from our sponsors at fantasy draft fantasy draft, the only rake free daily fantasy site in the business brings the heat again with a $750,000 guaranteed rake free contest. The Hooter main event with its $100,000 first place payout. This is the largest and only rake free contest running anywhere for NFL Week 3. That's right, Fantasy Draft is the only daily fantasy site where you can play contests with no management fees taken out of the prize pools 100% of the time, not just for limited time pro- promotional contests. Listen, as other fantasy sites continue to raise rake, prize pools are being squeezed, making it harder for players like you to win, whether you call it rake. Commission or management fee. The days of paying 10, 12, or even 16% of your entry fees to fantasy companies are over. No longer will you lose 30% of your bankroll to the house. Sign up at fancydraft.com today with promo code Rotowire, and you'll get a free 7-day trial on your first $1,000 of rake-free entry fees. That's fancydraft.com promo code Rotowire. Don't miss your shot at millions of dollars in rake-free contests this season. Start playing on fantasy draft today. Your bankroll is going to love it. We're back on the RotoWire Monday podcast. Chris List and Jeff Erickson here, uh, the Intercontinental Podcast. Chris, uh, yes. we've had some mo- monster defensive scores this year. If you had, the, if you've had like the Pats pretty much every week, the Eagles last week, the Bears in a few different weeks, uh, the Bills defense has been really good. You know, it, it's making a bigger impact than normal. Uh, you know, especially the Eagles yesterday. in some leagues they had like thirty-five points.
2: Thirty-five. I had him in three out of five leagues. I I had him in two already. No, I had him in one and I picked him up in two. And I think in the NFBC one, n f f c FFC one, it's like twelve bucks or something. It was like very little. And I was thinking, yeah. wow. Well I mean, you know, in people's defense, they thought Darnold was probably starting, so it wouldn't be this disastrous. But, you know, they were still fourteen point favorites. It's like wait, there's a fourteen point favorite available defense on the waiver wire? You got to put some – you got to put like – I probably didn't bid enough. Well, now that I know what happened, I definitely didn't bid enough, but I was lucky to win them, and I got them in the Wavos uh, league. I still lost to Pete like a ridiculous day. But, um, but yeah, it was just like, yeah, Eagles deep. You know, if you see a double-digit favorite, you know, get the defense. That's just, you know, 101.
1: Yeah. I I – I think they were only available in like a third of my leagues. Uh, I kind of ran the unlucky part of that. But, you know, and the Pats defense has been money all year and probably going to be good again this week, too. Uh, It's crazy how big of an influence it can be. You know, in most weeks, you know, it's usually not that big of a deal. Uh, You know, you just find someone, you get your eight points, you get out of there without, you know, and hopefully you get a little bonus, you get lucky, you get one touchdown. But, man, it's been Again, with the difference between the haves and have nots, I mean, that's where it really stands out, too. These defenses against these really terrible offenses.
2: Yeah, the kickers, though, that's been, you know, that's really struck me. Like, kickers, random guys kick like 58 yard field goals now. You're like,
1: what? Matt Gay like, two weeks ago. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You're like, 58 is like, that was like unheard of 10, 15 years ago. Like, 58, are you kidding me? 51, 53. That was like a serious field goal. Now guys are kicking from 57, 58, like middle of the game, not even like a desperation thing. Like, oh yeah, we'll try a 58 yarder. But then like the teams like Titans, like Cairo, Santos. I mean, how do you go into the game with a kicker like that? I mean, you, you basically just gave away the game. You missed what? Three or four field goals. I mean, they lost by seven. You just can't do that. I mean, obviously some of them should never have been attempted, but like, come on, like the difference between like Justin Tucker and I know Zerline missed one against the, the Seahawks but Zerline and Will Lutz is really good I mean you've got These like amazing kickers and then you have these just Total garbage kickers it's, it, it Makes a difference like you can't You know if you ever have a team in Survivor like you Definitely don't want to you know having a Terrible kicker
1: yeah that's right uh, Well, Remember Ryan Suckup went on IR at the Start of the season right, right? yeah and yeah.
2: But he, he wasn't great either but Yeah
1: he was pretty Good last year I thought yeah 26 of 30 that's pretty darn good that's okay. I don't think he was making a lot of long ones, was he? Uh five of seven from forty to forty-nine. Three of four yeah, from fifty plus.
2: Of, eh, that's okay. I guess that's he was pretty good. He was above he was above average last he year. He just didn't get that many chances. Uh yeah. He's just you know, he's just always you know, kissing ass too much, though I don't like that. <laughs> I, I, I gotta think Santos is is Santos cut
1: already? I think he, he was cut was. just now. Yep, yeah, he was just like cut.
2: Half an hour. Sand toast.
1: Yep. Well, you know it, you know starting to see like this this attrition already happening. sometimes it's a bad kicker, sometimes they get- hurt, a hurt kicker uh the chargers meanwhile I mean they they can't seem to keep a kicker you know Badgley hasn't played yet this year uh and that 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 was in some leagues, if you didn't uh, replace him in week one and you got stuck with the big goose egg there and you know kept holding on you maybe hold on to oh, it's just a day to day thing and then it's like three weeks later and he's still out, oh, we got a setback, okay, you know it's weird this year how kickers are.
2: Yeah, I like to stash like three or four kickers on my roster just in case, Jeff, at all times. Okay. I never can be too careful. You know, I mean, the Pats lost Goskowski though. You know, Mike yeah. Nugent, ex-Bengal kicker is now, you know, that, that could be problematic. Although the Pats are magic. They'll fix him. They'll fix Nugent.
1: I was just going to say, if he's an ex-Bengal and he's going to the Pats, that's like, the, that's like an exacta. He's
2: the, he's the Corey Dillon of,
1: of kickers. Without the attitude, maybe, yeah. but
2: maybe he's the ocho cinco of kickers.
1: Yeah. By the way, Corey Dillon disputes that his attitude was a problem. I think that was pretty funny uh, when they were going through the whole when the whole, Antonio Brown thing uh, when they signed with him. He's like, "Don't compare me to that. I, I, I wasn't a problem." Okay.
2: Yeah. Go okay. back in. You yeah. know what? Some sometimes it's the organization that's the problem. You know, sometimes. Oh, and without a doubt, the them. organization was a problem. There
1: was no yeah, no I mean, doubt about that.
2: You know, I was I was single for quite a long time in my life, Jeff, and I can assure you, it was
1: not me; it was them. It was not you. <laughs> okay. I can assure you that's the case. Yeah. Oh man, I, I have columns, I, I archived columns of yours to attest to that. I, yes. I You don't quite do that as often as you used to, where you uh, delve into your family life, but.
2: Yeah. No, I used to just go off a lot. I do on the radio sometimes. I don't. I don't do it. I mean, on and a real man would podcast, but. It used to be like, I used to write like a 10,000 word staff picks and like 9,700 of it was like a dispute with my landlord.
1: Yes. I remember those vividly. <laughs> what I remember more vividly is sitting right next to you in an office, you being on the phone arguing with them, uh, that, uh yeah. <laughs> and the phone and like, or the utilities company, uh, you know, whether it's yeah. electric company or water or bill. I don't know whatever bill it was, but yeah, you, uh. Yeah, it, it, you did not hold back. That is for sure. And you know it, but uh, you know, made for good good article fodder. So that was good. Yeah. Honed you into a better writer. Uh nowhere to go with that, so we'll move on. Use what you have. That's the moral of that. Use what you have. Yeah. All right, uh, a couple other things, uh moving on before we start looking ahead. Uh just there, there's a couple other games that uh jumped out. And the thing is uh, you know i i i'm looking at yeah i'm looking at your observations blog and, again on, on that there uh we talk, we talk so going ahead with the cowboys this is one that was was tyrion smith's absence that big of a deal was that why they struggled so much or is dak maybe just showing some flaws or maybe you know the fact that they're playing good teams the last two weeks as opposed to cake teams the first three uh what's going on with the cowboys in your mind
2: So I felt like Dak was throwing a nice ball. He just made some bad decisions and it was a tough defense. I wouldn't get on him too much. I thought the game plan was a little odd. They didn't run Zeke more. Greg Ambrosius was talking about this. The Packers had, had trouble stopping the run. You've got, you know, this beast of a running back and a good offensive line, even without Tyron Smith, who's their best blocker. I mean, I think left tackle is usually a pass blocker. I mean, that's why he's there. And yet they chose to keep throwing and not running. Obviously once they got behind, you know, that, that, the game flow kind of dictated that, but early in the game, they didn't like really take it to him that much. And I don't know, Garrett, the whole thing with the official, that was pretty funny when he got into it with the official and the official flagged him, which was really ridiculous. Cause I mean, you're really going to affect the game. If the coach says something to you, it wasn't like Garrett shoved him or anything. Like, right. He said he like mouthed off to him and they threw a flag. It was like, that's really what I was talking about in my East coast offense last week, which is just like, Oh, now you're just going to decide the game. Cause you know, find the coach, put the coach in jail after the game, whatever, but don't make it affect the game. It has nothing to do with the right. game. You know, the coach and the ref are, it's just really bad form. You know, in baseball, they handle it better. They eject the manager, but they don't like say, you know, the batter, goes. we're going to penalize him. you or run yeah. also. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or yeah. Put the batter on second base, you know, like that's just, that doesn't, they don't do that. I was joking about it on Twitter. I was like, Oh, maybe we should just have so that if you hold that. They just give 10 points to the other team, you know? Yeah. You commit a pass interference. They just like, ah, oh, here's 20 points for the other team. Might as well just decide the whole game. I mean, what, what do we care? We're just, you know, we're just, we'll just await your word on what the real verdict on this game is. Whatever you, whatever you say, ref, however, however you want to interpret it, it's up to you. So that was, there's a little bit of that, but they had gotten in the hole already. And, and the Packers just, you know, were just kind of sound and Aaron Jones ran them over.
1: Yeah, he really did. I mean, every time they were in the red zone, it was easy. That was the remarkable part is like how easy he found it to run in the red zone. I I was really shocked at how
2: about that. Well, especially because last week he got stuffed against the Eagles. They couldn't run in the red zone. And that's why the Eagles beat them. You know, the the Packers moved the ball up and down the field all day, but they settled for field goals and stuffs and the Eagles scored when they were in the red zone. They could run it. And then the Packers basically 10 days later, just turned the tables and did to the Cowboys basically what the Eagles did to them.
1: Yeah, that's right. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the real upset there was Jason Garrett showing any emotion whatsoever.
2: Yeah, he got he got It's just funny. He got flagged to the ref. You know, if it was Belichick, the ref wouldn't dare. But Jason Garrett, throw the flag at him.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I can't imagine Jason Garrett saying something that'd be so offensive to the ref either. I just can't imagine it. Uh, maybe yeah. saying I know.
2: do have more respect for Jason Garrett now. Of
1: course. No? Real yeah, man okay. berates the ref constantly. Yes, yeah. of course.
2: Yeah. Real man gets physical with the ref.
1: Yeah. Real man. Okay.
2: Um, like a wrestling match. Like, you know, you saw Borat, obviously that wrestling match he had in Borat.
1: I actually, I never saw Borat.
2: You never saw Borat. Okay. No? There's a, there's a very good wrestling match scene. Our listeners will know what I'm talking about. Jason Garrett should have gone full Borat with the ref.
1: Okay.
2: I did. I, I, you and, know, and I, I mean full Borat. I mean,
1: the whole nine. <laughs> I can't believe that I haven't seen that yet, but I don't know. I just I, there, that's one of those. Like I, I've heard plenty of talk about it, and maybe clips here and there, but I've never seen the movie. So
2: it's it's good. It's worth seeing. All right.
1: Well, maybe I'll I'll I'll, I'll add that to the list, the ever growing list of things I need to see. You know, it's it's impossible to see everything. There's so many good things. You know, movies. It's hard for me to get. You know, to do that with. But like, and especially just even shows though. I never see everything that I really want to see. I mean, it's just there's too many good shows. It's mostly now.
2: junk now. It's junk. It's mostly junk now. You think so? They, they think, yeah, the standards have gone down. You know, it was like the, the amount that was put into like the Sopranos and you know the early the early you know the Wire and stuff. Like, you know, they, it's they're just churning the stuff out. It's content farm for for uh, shows. Some of them are decent, you know, or better, but Golden Age is is, is behind us, man. Yeah. Maybe Get off your sofa. Go out and go and play your soccer and play some tennis, man. Don't even bother.
1: Well, the well, good thing is I do do that, so I haven't missed yeah, that's much. That's what I'm saying. I, and, you know, in fact, what we're watching right now is uh, um, Deadwood, and we're in season two of that now. Kim and I just uh, – just when we get time, it's like once or twice a week we'll try to watch uh, an episode just to catch up, but, uh, just well not catch up well, and, and, and yeah, it is catching up eventually, but, uh, uh, you know, it's, I, I have a list of shows I've never seen. I'm almost always kind of after the fact. There's only things oh, a couple of shows I see contemporaneously. I am ex- excited though. Uh, El Camino is coming out on Friday. The, uh, the, what's happened, what's going to happen, you know, the, uh, sequel basically to breaking bad. You heard about that, right?
2: No, I didn't hear about. It could be on Netflix. I, I saw Better Call Saul, but that you know was not really. A, that was a prequel,
1: right? And that's still going, but it's been on long hiatus. I can't wait for that to come back, actually. Uh, but uh, this one's about basically what happens to Jesse Pinkman. Uh, so uh, I'm excited. I've seen a couple of trailers, and that I think that drops Friday on Netflix. So I'm excited about that. And I think it's just a two hour movie, but I could be wrong. Uh, I don't think it's a full show. But anyways. Okay. Before we uh, discuss any more shows, a quick note from our friends at Yahoo. The NFL season is officially underway, which means Yahoo Daily Fantasy Football has returned. There's a million reasons to enter the free Yahoo Cup on Daily Fantasy, and they're all dollars. That's right. Yahoo Cup is free to enter, and a perfect lineup will win you $1 million every week of the football season. It's as easy as entering the contest and picking your players. If you're over 18 and a United States citizen... There's no reason why you shouldn't take your shot. Yahoo! Daily Fantasy Football has new contests every week with guaranteed cash prizes. Even if you don't score a perfect lineup, you can still walk away from a game with a little cash. Choose Yahoo! Daily Fantasy today. Get started now at yahoo.com slash daily fantasy. And you're back here on the Road to Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson and Chris Liss here. Uh, A couple more things I want to go uh, over uh, before we sign off today. So Mike Evans got completely shut out. Uh, against the Saints was this all Marcus Lattimore was this a Jameis Winston thing what do you what do you think happened here
2: I think that Lattimore guarded Evans probably did a good job he got three targets he probably was well covered and Jameis just didn't want to throw any more picks and he just started targeting Godwin I think that's probably what happened um, I didn't really watch that game very closely so I'm not positive, but I know that Evans only got, it wasn't, you know, he only got three targets. It's not like he got nine targets and Lattimore just defended the hell out of him. They just stopped going his way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, but it's, it, that's, you know, he's had one really awesome week against your giants, a decent enough week last week because of the late score. Uh, you know, you look at the score 55 40 and you expect a hell of a lot more, but if you're looking and saw it was 2220, you know, 2220, you'd be like, OK, I got enough out of him from that. Um, but then you know, completely shut out, not hurt at all. That's so frustrating.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think he'll be fine. He he was sick the first couple of weeks. He had some bug. And then since then, he's been good, except for this past week. And all right. Well, you know, they we they're best one of the best cornerbacks in the league. You know, help helped shut him down and the team went away from him, but I think they're gonna keep him involved. I don't I wouldn't be overly concerned. The uh other side of that battle, did Teddy Bridgewater turn the corner?
1: Or was this just a the Bucks pass defense is pretty bad? What do you think?
2: I mean, he doesn't go down the field, so he doesn't have to like make, you know, a high degree of difficulty throws. My, Michael Thomas runs uh great routes and catches everything and so that helps Alvin Kamara take short passes and runs after the catch. So both those guys are just really good for a quarterback like Bridgewater. You're a caretaker. You got a good offensive line. You got great running game. You got two guys that catch everything and run after the catch hard to cover. It's pretty much ideal, right? I mean, it's a yeah. setup for him and I think he's okay. I think he. I thought he was terrible the first, I mean, I was like, I couldn't believe how bad he was against the Rams. Of course, that was the one week where I actually bet the saints who I do think are better than the Rams, but Teddy Bridgewater was just, you know, breeze got hurt and then Bridgewater wasn't ready. Right. And, but I think Bridgewater is doing well. And, and, you know, I'm half joking said, you know, he's really demonstrating each week that breeze is just a system quarterback (laughs) because, you know, Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara aren't noticing that much, but um, yeah, I, I think he, he's, you know, he's the guy with the Vikings. He's the, he's the competent caretaker. He's like, a slightly poor man's Alex Smith, but you know, Alex Smith ish level, which is which is solid. If you were choosing
1: the that the teams for your field versus team choosing bet, would the Saints be one of them?
2: Yes. Because they're gonna get Breeze back.
1: I agree. I am, that that defense is legit.
2: I you know, they had the one loss on the road. Uh and, and they lost Drew Breeze mid game and had a right. touchdown. It was just, you know, they blew the whistle. So that fumble touchdown and then they kind of got worn down. But
1: yep, they stifled yeah, think, the Cowboys. They went into Seattle and they, that was a yeah. The thing is that that win against Seattle. We all saw the fluky plays and all that. But the fact is they were the better team, too, on top of that. I don't think they're
2: Yeah, well, they got ahead and it made it easier for them to play that style. But they were after Russell Wilson. They got the pressure. They yep, They were the, they were the better team. They were the more dominant team. Yeah, I think, you know, it would be. If I was doing four, it'd be obviously Pats and Chiefs. Although I think the Chiefs are shaky. Their defense is bad. And yeah, I don't know if the Chiefs are obvious. Yeah, I don't think the Chiefs yeah, are but, obvious I either. Mean, I think either. you have to because they have the best player. And, you know, I think once, if they're right, they're, they can beat anybody. So I'd go Pats, Chiefs, Saints, and then the fourth team might be the Packers or it might be the Eagles uh, or it might be.
1: Not I, the I Cowboys? I
2: so much. I think the brain trust of the Cowboys is somewhat bankrupt. That's yeah. some the,
1: the issue with them. could see that. I could see that. I, I mean, that's, a, that's the tricky part is in the choosing. I mean, we don't even know what the Niners are yet, and they're undefeated. We'll see if that carries over after the Monday night game. We're recording before that. Uh, I actually think this is a pretty good test. Uh, you know, they get the extra week to prepare, too, and get healthy. It's pretty good. Yeah.
2: They play the Rams next week at, at Los Angeles, so that'll be the— That'll be a real test. See if yeah. he can
1: hang. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That that will be a pretty good test too. Uh, but it's just to me, it's just uh, it'll be a lot of interesting challenges still left there. But uh, yeah, I, I I I agree with the inclusion of the Saints and you know, the Bears offense has real problems. I, I thought they might have been among those teams, but you know, because the, the defense was so good. But maybe not. So we'll see.
2: The problem with the bears is that they don't have a caretaker. Like they have Trubisky who's just sloppy and they have chase Daniel. Who's just not, not up to the task. Right. And they need a Bridgewater. Actually they need, you know, they could probably win. I don't know their run blocking hasn't been great either, but they could probably win, you know, with Alan Robinson being the Michael Thomas and Tariq Cohn being the Camara and David Montgomery being sort of a thumper. You know, he's probably better version of, he's like the Ingram or whatever, or, you know, better version of Murray and then a much, and even a better defense than the saints, they could win, but you need a QB. Who's like going to throw it away, you know, going to make good decisions, going to, you know, and right. They don't have that Trubisky is the wrong fit. If they even had Teddy Bridgewater or, you know, Gardner Minshew or someone like that, they'd be fine, but they, you know, Kyle Allen, that would be fine, but they've got someone who's worse than those guys and that's a problem.
1: It is. It absolutely is.
2: All right. Um, any parting thoughts?
1: What are you working on for East Coast offense?
2: Well, I have a really good sporkle quiz. Okay. It's going to be uh, all the players that have had 45 or more fantasy points, PPR fantasy points, nice. that are active, that are currently active. So there's 21. Some of them are repeats. So, you know, uh, you'll know that some of them, like Fuller, you know, <laughs> I just did it yep. this weekend, Aaron Jones. Yep. But, spoiler! Uh, so, yeah, well, <laughs> the, I mean, they just did it. You know? no, so, like, I, I'm aware of that. The, should, yeah. <laughs> Uh, so that's the quiz. Um, I've already made my initial lines. I don't know what I'm going to write about. I might, the, the topic that I might write about is sort of, um, you know, epistemic humility, uh, you know, just sort of the idea that like, what can you know? What can't you know? You know, the idea that we, we have such partial information when we, um, assess things like people were like, Oh, Gruden, you know, Gruden's an idiot. He doesn't know analytics. Like you're basing that on what a press conference and a couple off season trades. And then you, what, you connect the dots that he's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. I mean, really? I mean, that's just such a a partial understanding of the organization and what he's thinking and the basis for his decision-making. And I think we do this all the time. We, we, we connect the dots. when we just have these, you know, Oh, well, their defense is playing better and they run block well, but they're missing the center. But here's what I'll say. They're going to, cut. you know, it's like, it's like mostly like, we just don't really know we're holding on to like the thinnest reeds when we make an R E E D S uh, when we make these calls, you know, and I just, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes like after a a week, like week five, I might write about this. I don't know. It might be too obvious, but week, like week five, you're like, man, I did not know what the hell I was talking about. You know? And you're like, yeah, because of course I didn't. Because what I know is just based on such a small amount of, you know, I have such a small uh, window into what's really going on with these organizations. And I just watch them play and I think, Ooh, I saw them do this, but next week, I mean, it can be totally different.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And often we, we read, we see one clip, we see one quote and we, we don't even see like the whole context of an interview, let alone like have our own conversation with them and get the, you know, any sort of context there. I mean, no, of course. So we run with it. Yeah. And
2: we all do think about bad. Think of how bad it is in politics, like the people the oh, yeah. for which people are yeah. making decisions. Like they just, you just re- see something on the news that they put in front of you, at least football. It's not them putting in front of you. It's sort of like, it's kind of neutral, but like, man, in politics, it's like, oh, like yeah, the you news get people like side to edit to you.
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll like splice answers. One part of the interview to another part. They'll like, have these ellipses dot dot dot, and the ellipses are everything that brings the context. Well, let's just take that out because we don't need that. Let's highlight what we want to highlight. Yeah, exactly. It's it's terrible.
2: Imagine how easily someone could edit these podcasts and make us look like the biggest idiots of all take time. Take much editing the part, things we're yes. saying, <laughs> and and also, but could could edit it and make us think like we've predicted everything that happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, he called that. I mean, it's it's ridiculous, you know. And and that's sort of like, that's basically like a good metaphor for like what we're seeing when we're making these decisions exactly exactly
1: all right that's going to wrap up today's podcast thanks to yahoo for sponsoring us thanks to uh you guys to listening us please subscribe rate and review chris and i'll be back again in two weeks next week i'll be out It'll be jim coventry covering for me with chris thanks again for listening have a great day